Our scripture reading today is found in Luke 13, 31 to 35. Let us hear the word of the Lord. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Well, you know, the Pharisees had tried just about everything, testing Jesus in public with questions about Jewish law, accusing him of of being unlawful by healing on the Sabbath and eating with sinners. They even sank so low as to ask why Jesus and his followers didn't wash their hands before they ate. So these Pharisees tried to scare Jesus away. They hoped to send him running for his life. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, come and be with us in this time of worship. Open our minds and soften our hearts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts combined be pleasing to you, O Lord. You're our rock and redeemer. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, don't you think that Jesus had simply gotten on the Jews' last nerve? I mean, really, Jesus has been traveling around the countryside healing people who were sick, casting out demons, teaching in the synagogues, teaching about the kingdom of God. That was, that was Jesus' big topic, the kingdom of God. He's given people the impression anyway that, that they can leave, lead their lives in a way that pleases the one true God without all this ritual and tradition that had been lorded over them for so long by the Jewish authorities. And the Pharisees didn't like it. No, not one bit. They talked among themselves, conjuring up ways of demonstrating that Jesus was just a renegade who intended to disrupt Jewish life, who had no real interest in anything other than making a name for himself, But attempt after attempt failed to deter Jesus from his mission. And so the Pharisees thought, perhaps, that they could appeal to Jesus' own survival instinct. They thought, well, we'll pretend that that we have some compassion for his well-being and we'll warn him that Herod Antipas intends to kill him That should scare him away, right? Well, 
that plan was a bit transparent. And Jesus saw right through it. And so Jesus shot right back at them. You go and tell that fox, I'll do what I do. And I'm on my way to Jerusalem, so just get over it. That's the way it seems, anyway. There isn't really any evidence that the Pharisees were speaking on strict authority from Herod, but it wouldn't be out of character for, for Herod to want to see Jesus' earthly end. I mean, that's the way Herod was wanting simply to dispense with anything or anyone who may upset his power and authority over those under his rule. Herod is really the one that wanted nothing more than to make a name for himself. But Jesus doesn't seem to be all that concerned about hearing this threat to his life. Well, one doesn't have to worry when you're God, and Jesus is God on a mission. Jesus, it seems anyway, knows where he's headed, and, and those so-called dangers to him don't matter because he has God's ultimate purpose in mind. Now, in our lesson, Jesus offers an expression of his timetable, and that says it all for us, really. Although it is rather symbolic in ways that we might not fully understand, Jesus lays out his itinerary day by day for all his healing and, and exercising, blessing, curing, restoring people. He describes himself setting about this holy work today, and tomorrow, and then he says on the third day, I finish. I finish all my work in three days. So per perhaps that's a reference to the Easter timeline, but a more familiar understanding of Jesus' words would be that of someone committed to seeing a mission to its conclusion. I mean, there's nothing else that Jesus sees at this point, but the mission that God put him on, and he is going to fulfill that mission no matter what. I think this year, those words are the ones we need to hear more than any other on our Lenten journey, simply because of what's happening in our world with Russia's invasion of Ukraine looming over us. That's what's in our consciousness as we, as we watch television and, and read the news every day. It's, it's what's happening in Ukraine. You know, those people in Ukraine are suffering tremendous loss they're suffering untold loss. The deaths are mounting. We have not seen suffering and death on this scale for more than 70 years in modern history. And so for us on our Lenten journey, it raises the question, how do we define our safety 
And how does safety define us? On one hand, Jesus acted as though he felt completely safe. Even though he was burdened by the purpose of his mission, which would end in death, he knew that. <coughs> Jesus knew what was coming because it was God's will. So he felt immune to these threats of the Pharisees, even though they will be part very soon of the powers that, that will lead Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem, bloodied and beaten, only to be executed on a cross. Now, that would be an unimaginable burden for any of us. And remember, Jesus not only is divine, but is also human. So the human part of him, <clears throat> I think, was what was burdened by this, this knowledge, this mission. But he had no choice. He had to fulfill this. So Jesus acts as though he felt completely safe. Imagine yourself in that situation. Luke paints for us a picture of two alternatives, a mother hen and a fox. Now, on the one hand lurks the fox. You know, evil is represented by all types of animals in the Bible. <clears throat> Satan is the serpent in the garden. The devil prowls like a lion looking for someone to devour. The wolf snatches God's sheep. And in the book of Revelation, evil is represented by a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns that seeks to devour God's children. But on the other hand, Luke counters with the image of a mothering God. Jesus, whose, whose wings provide shelter and protection from the dangers of life, cover the vulnerable just like a mother hen protects her chicks under her wing. I say these two images are alternatives because we can choose between them. It is our call to accept the protection offered by God. Now, we know chicks tend to run free, not always seeking protection under their mother's wings. And in the same way, we often run away from the protection of God. We often don't recognize the need to be protected and we put ourselves at risk from unseen dangers in life. And so Jesus weeps for Jerusalem, for those that refuse his protection, those that will turn from him at the last moment and reject him. How often have we done that very thing, either through our our sin of silence or our, our sin of omission, of not 
talking about injustices in the world, how often have we rejected Christ? How often have we crucified Christ by, by the things that we say and the things that the images that we portray, even unknowingly? And so this passage here in Luke <clears throat> really immerses us as readers in deep symbolism. Symbolism for what will happen in short order. God's purpose is clear to Jesus, not so clear for everyone else. But Jesus, the prophet, tells of his own fate even though most everyone is left clueless. I think that's where we have the advantage over people of Jesus' day. We have history on our side that we can, that we can study and learn and read about time and time again if we only take the time. We can slowly absorb what Jesus says and understand more of it each year as we go through this journey in Lent and all the other seasons that the church traditionally supports. I think the takeaway for us today is, is, is just that we are clueless. We're clueless much of the time just like the people in Jerusalem that, that Jesus wanted so desperately to shelter, we tend to ignore the fact that the dangers lurk around every corner. Jerusalem refused to make their home in the shelter of Jesus' wings, and so they chose emptiness. Now, I ask the question of, of you, how does safety define us? How do we define safety? Well, we, we tend, I think, to put our safety in terms of money and, and possessions. We feel secure when we have adequate retirement savings that, that will last longer than we do. We feel sheltered in our homes where we know there's plenty of food and entertainment and protection from the weather. But these things can all be taken away from us at any moment. When we choose to seek the shelter in the arms of the one who yearns to be our protector, well then we have hope. We have the hope of, of God on our side. Our perception of safety defines us either by our feeble instinct to just survive or by our resolve to walk side by side with Jesus even in the presence of evil. Because we know our protection comes from the one who created us. So only by reading history <clears throat> Can we learn? One of the things that, that I'm sure most of us have, have read before is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s 
accounts of, of his time in battling injustice. In his autobiography, Dr. King expresses the same sort of resolve that we hear from Jesus, right? He writes about the march to Montgomery, Alabama on March 9th, 1965, as he and his followers prepare for yet another attempt at crossing the bridge, he tells them, I say to you this afternoon that I would rather die on the highway of Alabama than make a butchery of my conscience. I say to you, when we march, don't panic, and remember that we must remain true to nonviolence. I'm asking everybody in the line, if you can't be nonviolent, don't get in here. If you can't accept blows without retaliating, don't get in the line. If you can accept it out of your commitment to nonviolence, you will somehow do something for this nation that may well serve it. If you can accept it, you will leave those state troopers bloodied with their own barbarities. If you can accept it, you'll do something that will transform conditions here in Alabama. Well, I think we all know the history of, of what happened. And so there are many foxes in this life that seek in one way or another to devour us, to deprive us of the richness of life. But when we choose the protection that God offers us in his son, well then, we can truly feel secure under the wings. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the protection you offer us in this life. It is only by the resolve of Jesus that we can fully appreciate your grace and mercy. Gather us in your arms when we cannot see the dangers that await us. Continue to shelter us and love us and care for us Place your love on our hearts so that we may extend your love in Christ to all the world. Amen.